Carden. Blair. Buddy, episode 23 is 23. rolling. I'm so glad that you didn't ask because I would have said 22 because I was even prepping myself for the <laughs> question that was coming. I'd and I was going to say 22 and I would have been way wrong. So there you and go. And then, yep. And I would have thrown a hissy fit. And that's, yeah. It's not worth it, Carden. Really, it's not worth it. Isn't. it. It isn't. Especially when you think of how small we are in the universe. It just isn't. We are eensy, weensy. Dude, did you hear uh, when Kelly said there are more stars in our solar system than there are grains of sand on every beach yes. yeah, on planet, planet Earth? And in in, that's our solar system. Ours. <laughs> that's, I, I know. Hey, right? I want to know who counted all the sand. Uh, okay. Uh, Seriously, I want to know who. Man, that's what they do. Because I wouldn't want that job. No. If, if they paid you, okay, let's just, let's just expand on that. If they paid okay. you $50 yes. an hour to count grains of sand, okay, would you? Yes. Yep. You would. But, yeah. You know why? Because why not? You're getting paid well. <laughs> You're counting sand. And guess who's going to check your work? Nobody. <laughs> so you're. What's the number for today? And you know something. Oh yeah, that sounds about right. And as long as you're putting consistent numbers, they're like, man, this guy's output is consistent. I'll give him that. <laughs> he's worth the fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> worth it to oh. do it. Yeah, for sure. I just. I yeah, it. I don't know. I don't. You know what? I, I I would have to say no. I think. <laughs> Yeah, that's because you seek passion. Uh, I've got, I'm seeking something else, I guess. Security. Yeah. (laughs) Well, job security for it. And then the other thing is, what do you do when you're done? Well, Well, of course, you would never be done. That's it. And 999,000 or whatever big number. And And, that's it. All right. Okay. Well, on a a a positive review. (laughs) <laughs> on, on a positive note think yeah. about the locales i mean you know you're gonna you're gonna draw some some crappy places but you know you're gonna go to fiji and yeah. you know the bahamas and i mean that yeah, yeah. That, i think that'd be nice <laughs> would that be funny if your first is like one of those uh terrible beaches that are made in like the midwest on a bad lake <laughs> You know what I mean? Those like those man beaches. We're gonna where you're gonna send you to Lake Obi Kenobi in Appalachia. Exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. And you're working through the winter, bub. I don't care what you say. We're paying you fifty dollars an hour. (laughs) And and Um, what branch of the federal government would pay for that? That's what I want to know. Oh, just any. Well, as much as I'd like to sit here and talk about counting grains of sand, we have, we actually have a guest tonight. We do. We do. We do. Um, So you and I have talked about, you know, our motivation for doing the podcast. You know, we've, we've actually talked about it a couple of times. And um, one of the things we, we kind of identified is we wanted to talk about subjects that kind of resonated with people. You know, um, and, and I think that for me, I don't want to speak for you, but that's, that's a big reason that, you know, we, we got into doing, or I got into doing this and, and that's kind of a goal moving forward. Um, so, so our guest tonight heard, um, she has listened to our podcast for quite a while and she heard several of the podcasts and she actually reached out to me and she had commented on the fact that, um, a few of our podcasts were dealing with uh, some very personal issues. Um, for example, your uh, you talked about anxiety. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we had Lance on and he talked about his depression and OCD and bipolar. And these are really personal things. And, and you know, you and I also have talked about how it's it's kind of mysteriously easy to open up and talk about these things in this format. Yeah, it is. You know, so so the nature of the of the contact was that she said, "A, um, I think it's really neat that you guys are sharing these personal stories and and you're talking about this because a lot of people don't want to talk about these subjects." Mm-hmm. And she offered to come on and talk about her experience, um, which I'm not I'm not even going to introduce. I'll let her do that. Um, so our guest tonight, Carden, mm-hmm. is none other than Annie Olson. Annie, salutations. Hello. Very nice, Annie. Very nice. <laughs> Actually, I have some sand questions. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Do okay. you think, like, do you count low tide or high no. tide? Like, how? Okay. Both tides. And then, yep. like, I mean, are we talking like deserts or oh. just beaches? He, okay. It has to be Annie. beaches. Yeah. That's the no. one. No. Well, now, wait a second. You we don't think need, so? I don't know. Actually, I think he said grains of sand. On the earth. I don't think No, he's no, no. I think beaches was in there somewhere. We'll have to recheck, oh. but I think that beaches were in there. I, I think that they had to have been. Because yeah. I'm serious. If deserts are in play, mm-hmm. that's that's even more impressive. I sure. might be out at that point. I just don't do well <laughs> that's in the heat. A lot, buddy. I'm kind of wilty. You said you do, you committed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whenever we're talking beaches, at least if I can be like, man, okay, for my lunch break, I'm going swimming. But in the desert, it's just like, I'm just going to so, get hotter. So, and we got to give thought to how would you separate the grains that you've counted from right. the ones that you haven't counted? Piles like of ten. jars. Piles of did. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> what about marking them with a pen? Yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's, a, that's a great a, idea. You could color them black or something. There you yeah, go. I feel huh. like, okay. Yes. What Cardin's about black sand it. beaches? Well, white out. There you go. Okay, there you go. That's good. Cardin's just hoping that the aliens have picked him up before someone offers yeah. him this job. At that point, I'm gone. Pew. Remember, and then I'll just, you know what I'll do? I'll be like, aliens, how many grains of sand? They'll just know it. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. a thing an alien's going to know. Well, Listen, they're obviously love- they're going to have a resume for you to fill out, Cardin, and you definitely have to put yeah. that on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Listen, yeah. I'd love to count your sand, but some aliens are waiting for me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> can you? Can I go on uh, for just a little bit? Annie, did you know that you were the, the very first person that ever commented on our Instagram? I'm just, I was trying to to play the algorithms, like boost you a little bit. Thank you. You did, you did awesome. Was so yeah. nice. You were the absolute number one. We we're very appreciative. And so I'm well, going to put you on the spot as a result. How okay. many followers do you think we have? Now, if, if you listened last week, I've been trying to do little updates and we yeah, had a goal. I think, uh, I feel like the last time I was like cognizant of the, <laughs> that doesn't sound good, of like the number, you guys were around six. 70? Oh, so I feel like, are you, was it, am I way off? Way <laughs> off. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that was your off. goal. I mean, you're probably uh, was it just 27? I feel like there was a seven. Was it 27? Better. Seven okay. is definitely I've, involved. It's one of the two numbers. We're getting closer. <laughs> yeah, 27. And maybe your goal was 30? 30, 50. No, closer. Okay. Wait, 47. The, the go, the 47. Bing, 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 bing. Nailed yes. The goal was nice. 45 set from last week, and okay. 47 is what we actually hit. So, um, what, nice. so what do you think our goal should be, Annie, since you're kind of doing the, the promotion um, thing anyway? You know, I feel like, oh, that's tricky. Well, give her a time frame, Cardin. That's a, yeah, that's a really like, hard question. Sorry, sorry. Oh, in a week. Okay. In a week. In so, a week? the next time we record. Yeah, exactly. 
Wow. 55. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love the spirit. Yeah. Um, okay. I like so, that. uh, yeah. Pondering challenge. on monkeys. I'm going to challenge issued. I'm going to have to do some algorithm. I think you will. Thanks. She I likes think that's work. the only way it's going to work. Yeah, I think so. I have some other things I want to talk about before we talk about my story. I could just sit here and talk about like past podcasts. Oh yeah. Okay, but the la- Kelly, the last guy, he yeah. was he was really great. I liked his enthusiasm. But you guys were talking about like being in college classes and having like professors that really yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. So this actually sort of ties into my story today. But I'm going to start with this, and then maybe in the hour we'll circle it back around. Hard to say. <laughs> But I had to take this speech class at UGF, which was um, the University of Great Falls. Now is University of Providence. I called it UBT, the university behind Target in Great Falls. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Also known as. <laughs> also known as. Anyway, I had to take this speech class, which I was like terrified to take. It was my last semester at college in Great Falls. And I, I mean, I like, I totally put it off. I'd never taken a speech class, super shy, did not want to do this. And I go into the speech class and the teacher's name was Rich Briner, R-I-C-H-B-R-E-I-N-E-R. And I say that because he made us all memorize each other's first and last names and know how to spell them. And so that's how we introduced himself every day. And he had eyes that were kind of like wonky, like they didn't Mm. look in the same direction. Yeah. So wonky. Yeah, like kind of you know. Yeah. yeah you've seen okay. you've seen eyes like that. Yeah. yeah. So, on a walleye. On a, yeah. <laughs> on uh. a, yeah. Anyways, so we had to give a speech on something we were passionate about, something we loved to do. And he always gave us an example. So he's standing in front of the class and he's he's giving us this example of what he loves to do. And he starts like unbuttoning his shirt. And he's like, uh-huh. it's something you can do by yourself. You can do it with other people. Other people tend to enjoy it. But, and he's like taking his clothes off. And oh we're like, boy. what is he doing? Where are you going with this, Rich? <laughs> Where are you going with this, buddy? <laughs> yeah. And all of us are like, this is awkward. Well, he, he had running clothes on under oh. his oh. teacher clothes. And he was like an avid runner. But he is like a teacher that I will never forget was super passionate about his job. And the day that he started stripping in class. Disrobing. We oh, wow. Right. Good yeah. We him. were yeah. like, whoa, whoa. And, and look <laughs> anyway. at that. You've never forgot. Look never forgot. Know how to spell no. his name yep. and everything. And as yeah. a former uh, speech um, teacher, I will tell you that that is the number one fear on the planet is uh, public speaking. I believe it. Mm. I believe yeah. it. Didn't you get fired for disrobing in class, Carton? <laughs> no, I, well, I, okay, so here's the weird thing. I forgot my running clothes, but I thought I for sure that I put them on underneath. And so I was doing the, the same thing as old Rich Briner and look at me. And it ended up just being yeah, totally didn't, different. Didn't go so well. They didn't, <laughs> I, I don't think the school board bought that. No, they didn't. They, they didn't. Well, didn't, they, they didn't get the vision. So no, I, if they would have just let me do it at the meeting, like I said, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I've got another topic. I hate to be tangential, but wow. Annie, Squirrel. Annie, you worked with Blair. I did work with Blair, as a matter of fact. Okay. And what was that like? <laughs> That's probably on a podcast all of its own. <laughs> yeah, too much. For, actually, too much for I, one it was a. It actually was a, a pretty. In, so I had <laughs> I had been working in a in a job that was a nonprofit. You know, five hundred one c three. Blah blah blah. Boring. Bo- yeah, and then I went to this other job with Blair that was like a, um, you know, for profit business. You get the job done. You get it done well. 
just make sure the product is done well. And Blair is like the epitome of a non-micromanager. Really? Like he just, yeah. And I, I would, ha I'll say Blair was very good to work for. Um, yeah. And it just, it was a good, thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. It was a good, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. There was a couple times where I forgot my key and then Blair, I thought was going to be at work and he wasn't at work. And so I had to climb through the back window and there was a bar right was, across the street, and then cops showed up. And I was multitasking. It was, you, you know, yeah. Your schedule was yeah. a little erratic. Yeah. That was, like, if I didn't, yeah, it was no. Actually, it was a very good job, and I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it was graphic design. I did embroidery. Uh, we cut vinyl. And, and I told Annie the day that she was quote unquote hired. I said, "You're not my employee. You're my coworker," and that is exactly how she handled it. Um, I had no worries at that whole side of the business, and you know it. it was a great business, surprising. Now, Cardin, what are you bubbling up? Sorry, I'm just laughing at. I'm just thinking of. But for Blair, it would be possible to micromanage other people because he's going to micromanage all the crap that he has going on at any given time. You know what? Don't let me tell you. Hey, yeah, exactly. funny guy. Here's a deal with micromanaging. I don't like it. I I never appreciated a micromanager when I was working yeah. at the hospital and stuff. The, yeah. the whole thing is. If you're not good at what you do, you know, and if you're not professional and if you can't handle it, then you know what? You need to find something else. And as a, even, even when I coached, I, I did not like to micromanage the, the athletes and stuff. I'm like, you know what? You guys are young adults. You're not kids. You're young adults. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to sit there and watch over your shoulder any more than you want me to do it. So, you know, the, and Annie was very good. And, you know, some people can't handle that kind of, uh, freedom and responsibility, but, uh, the ones that can just let them go, let them fly, let them fly. Let them well, fly. And I, and I have to say like, so I've, I've been in positions where I do have a micromanager and that constant doubt of like, is this going to be good enough? Is this going to be good mm, enough? Is this done mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. that, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, For like sure. you produce the product that they want, but yes. it's not the exact right. thing they had in mind, but it's still exactly what they wanted. You know, where they don't necessarily give you that freedom. Yeah. But then I've also had, you know, managers that that they don't they don't support. You're basically out of sight, out of mind, and they don't support you at all. And so yeah. it's a little bit hard to you know, you're not getting any feedback. Like, am I doing the right thing? Right. Am I, you know? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I, I yeah. think that there's, you know, having that somebody that doesn't micromanage you, but then is also there to say, yep, this is exactly what I wanted. You're doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, and if there is an issue, like not afraid to say, Hey, let's tweak this just a little bit. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not just two types of bosses, the, those that yeah. micromanage and those that don't. So Anyway, yeah, you got to find a healthy mix. You got to sure. find yeah, a healthy for balance. Sure. Yep. For sure. yep. Okay, Annie. Okay. Let's hear your story. So, okay, yeah. So, like, kind of Blair mentioned, um, kind of mental health, mental wellness focused. Um, so, I'll just tell my story. I'm kind it, of a please do. storyteller. So, in um, 2003, I was 21. And I had a brother that was 22 and he was killed in a car accident in December of 2003. He was my only sibling. Um, so uh, I guess just, should I just tell the whole, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the absolutely. whole thing is, I really, the whole thing is really just full of, you know, quote unquote, if you're a, if you're a religious person, like God moments or just mm -hmm. like leading up to it, you, you just see some things that you're like, 
there was somebody kind of looking out for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I mentioned, I was going to school at UGF in Great Falls, the University of Providence now. And um, I, it was finals week and I got called for jury duty here in Shoto. So like an hour away is where I was going to school. I was traveling back and forth. And so um, emailed my teachers and I said, listen, I got called for jury duty. I need to show up Monday morning. If I get picked, I won't be there for my tests on Tuesday. If I don't get picked, I'll be there for tests, whatever. Mm -hmm. They were all good with that. Um, they said, you know, if, if you have to push them to Thursday, no big deal. Most of them said, don't even worry about it. You know, you got a good grade. Don't worry about it. So report to the courthouse Monday morning. I get picked for jury duty. Sit down the first day of whatever they call that. Trial. Trial. Mm. <laughs> Delib deliberations. Bantering. Mm -hmm. BS. I don't know. And so the next day, Tuesday morning, and I, I was kind of stoked to be on jury, jury duty. Not a lot of people are. I thought it was kind of fun. So the next morning I show up. I have my little jury button on, you know, juror button on so no one will speak to me. I was all excited. I go in, get there at 8 o'clock like we're supposed to. And at like 9 o'clock, we're all still sitting in the jury room like, what is going on? You know, what, what's taking so long? Well, the undersheriff at the time, who happened to be um, a classmate's dad, he came in the jury room and he said, Annie, you can come with me. You're being excused. And I was like, what? I am into this. I want to be here. And I was like, I didn't, you know, going through my head, like, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't break any of the juror rules. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I swear I was good. <laughs> she thought she was getting kicked out. She, oh, come she, on. Yeah. I didn't go get the mail. I didn't go to the grocery store. I just went straight <sighs> home. So anyway, we walk out into the hallway and I will never forget watching his face just turn like completely white. And he said, there's been an accident. It's your brother. He didn't make it. And he was, my brother was living in North Dakota at the time. And he said that, and I really don't remember much of anything else until, so we walked out of the courthouse. I remember opening the door of his, um, his deputy cruiser, and there was a whole bunch of stuff on the seat that he had to move. Like, I vividly remember that, a snow scraper, oddly. And then I don't remember driving home. I remember pulling into our yard. I was living with my parents and seeing, like, there was, like, probably, I think, four vehicles there that of people that were very close to the family that, you know, they had notified and said, you guys need oh, to go to good. Zion's house mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> and then I remember going, you know, then whatever, go in the house and it's a shit show. Um, mm -hmm. anyway, so like I mentioned the jury duty thing. Um, so we'll just back it up a little bit earlier in that year. Um, so 2003 was the hundredth anniversary of Harley Davidson motorcycles ironically. And I was, so I was working at a daycare here in town and my dad called and he said, Hey, what size leather jacket do you wear? And I was like, what, 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 what are you doing? And he said, well, Trevor, that was my brother. We just bought two Harleys. And I was like, Oh gosh, this is it. This is, they, they've lost <laughs> it off the deep end. So I was like, I don't, whatever, like, uh, I don't know. So they had just bought in two Sportsters, which are like the smallest Harley at the time. And my brother, like he fell in love with it. It was just his, you know, it was jam. He absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. So they ended up, they brought him home. We, um, they, we rode those for a while, had an awesome spring and summer. 
excuse me. Um, we rode through Glacier. We rode, you know, a couple like frontage roads. Just, it was so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, the problem being there was two bikes and three riders. So mm -hmm. my mom always was in the car behind. They call that the war wagon in the Harley world. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Real thing? <laughs> That's really the real thing. Yeah. And so eventually my dad bought a wide glide. So it was a little bit bigger bike, better for long distance rides or whatever. So then there was three people, three bikes worked out good. Um, and then it was like August Trevor got accepted to school out in North Dakota in Grand Forks. And he was going to go out and go to school to become a pilot. And so he moved out there in August. He went into the Harley store, you know, Hey, I'm new in town looking for a job. They're like, boom, hire on the spot because mm -hmm. all the employees, I guess this was July, all the employees wanted to go to Sturgis. And so they were looking for any fool that would come and work for him because they were going to have to shut down because of right. Sturgis. Oh, so yeah. they hired okay. this kid from Montana, you know, hired him on the spot, whatever. So he went out there started selling bikes for them. He sold my dad. Um, so my dad traded one of the sportsters for, um, a road King, which is even a bigger, more of a road bike. So then we had the road King, the, the wide glide and one of the sportsters. So, um, Trevor, he just fell in love with selling bikes. He called home every night, you know, talking about his sales, how much he was loving life out there. Um, just seriously on like cloud nine for four months. And then, um, and then that's when he got in his car accident. So, um, yeah. And you know, if we could all live the last four months of our life, yeah. you know, yeah. doing every single thing that you love, I mean, that would be right. yeah. completely incredible. But, um, anyway, yeah. So he died. We, you know, we go through the thing, the, the motions of the, you know, the funeral and planning the things and, um, you know, talking to people and, and it was tough. I mean, it's no joke that that loss is incredible. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll never forget someone said to me, this is hard. Like right now is hard. And it was, it was hard. Um, but they said, I have to tell you, it's going to get harder. So, you know, four months out, it's, it gets harder. And this can be, you know, three months, four months, five months, whatever. It's different for other people. But they right. said, that's when it gets really hard. And I'll never forget, like, you know, I had to go back to school. Mm -hmm. Um, there was one final I did have to take. That teacher was a complete asshole about it. Um, and I'll never forget. I had to take that final on Trevor's birthday, which was in January. And I just, I mean, it was horrible, but I did it powered through. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, lost my train of thought anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're going through the motions about four months out. It was hard. And I remember like, you know, sympathy cards have stopped coming in. Mm -hmm. People stop, you know, they stop hugging you in the store. They stop mentioning him, you know, stop right. passing along their right. condolences, but right. it's still so fresh and new and it's still so raw. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll never forget. Somebody was like, you just need to tell me what you need. Like, what can I do for you? And I just remember saying, I need my brother. Like, yeah. That's right. the really the only thing that's going to make this better. Right. And it doesn't make it better. Um, you know, and at that point in time, they kind of had, we're doing some investigation stuff out in North Dakota, like, and I don't know if it's just a state thing, but they, so Trevor was actually the passenger in a vehicle. The driver basically walked away. Um, they, his attorney, the driver's attorney did not let him, they didn't want him to talk to us, didn't want him to reach out to us at all, which we, you know, my parents and I decided early on, like, 
we did not want to pursue any sort of charges. We did not want right. to pursue any sort of, you know, there was no, I mean, one point they called and said, what was his life worth to you? Like what money, we don't, money is not going to change this outcome. Who said that? Yeah, um, sure. Like insurance companies and, oh, you know, okay. like. Um, Good God. Can you remember that? Oh yeah. Imagine like, that call. Oh, it's just, I mean, it's just like, it doesn't change anything. No. And this kid, you know, he was the first one there. I, obviously he was the first one he looked over and saw my brother and knew he wasn't alive. And so. I mean, nothing that right. nothing we could do would make that worse for right, him. Yeah. And why would we want to make that worse right, for him? Right, like, right. Yeah. again, it's not going to change the outcome. He's not going to forget about this. Right. So, um, yeah. So we just decided let's not let's not draw this out longer than it needs to be. Um, you know, and I remember a, like a victim's advocate or somebody called us and said, you know, and this is like around the three four month mark. You know, we've recreated the accident and we just can't figure out why he died. Like. We just can't figure out what, you know, what the freak thing was. And it's like, uh, oh, cool. Okay. So does that mean he gets to come back then? Right. Like, right. you can't right. figure it out. Yeah, so that's a really like, uh, hey, odd um, comment to make. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just all these little things. And um, so I was in a bad place. I was in a super bad place. And um, a friend of mine's like, you have an appointment with uh, the PA tomorrow and you need to go get on something. And I think like, that was just, that's what I needed because it's as, you know, as a person, you, how do you know where to go to start? I mean, you're right. in such a dark spot that. So what, so Annie, talk about that, you know, if you would like, what were you feeling? Were you just, were you depressed? Were you just not sleeping? I mean, what were the, the um, conditions? You know, just like, so I kind of described it a couple different ways. Like if your emotional spectrum is like from you know, zero to 10, zero being sad and 10 being very happy. Like I felt like my whole spectrum had just like dropped to, you know, like three was my highest happy. Right. And then like, you know, negative whatever was, right. I, I it was just kind of where I was. Your lows got lower yeah. and your highs got lower. Yeah. You know, and like there was times where I just felt like my life was just like spinning out of control and I just couldn't get a grasp on it. Like, do you remember as a kid, you would flip through the channels real fast and just catch like bits and pieces of like that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that would be kind of going yeah. on or I mean it was just it, it was sad you know just it, you could stare off into space forever and you know just think of nothing and you right. didn't I didn't want to do anything and it was just it was it's hard to describe but it's a, and it's a scary place to be because right. yeah. yeah how do I dig myself out of this how do I tell somebody you know how, how do you describe that to somebody how do you describe those feelings? Um, and I remember when I, so I had gone back to school and everywhere I looked, there was like a flyer for a free student counselor. Mm -hmm. I'd go into the bathroom and it'd be on the back of the stall door. I'd sit down on a couch and the flyer would be next to me. Right. And I was just, I was in a super bad place one night about three in the morning. I text or I emailed her and just said, I don't know if this is really valid. I don't know if I really need to see you or I need to just get right. my shit together. But you know, my brother recently died. And so she was like, yeah, you definitely need to come see me. Yeah. And so yeah, she got yeah. me in right away. And, was and it, that now, was, was this amazing. a counselor at the school. Yep. A counselor okay. at the school that was just free for students. Okay. And, um, and that's a tough, I mean that, that time in life, I feel like that, you know, 18 to mid to early twenties is such a hard time for, sure. for oh, people. Yeah. And yeah. so I was, I was right in the middle of it. And, um, yeah, so I went and saw her, and that was super helpful. Got on some um, antidepressants; that was super helpful, and yeah, just kind of, kind of started trying to 
try to build it back up. And, you know, one thing I remember is, um, I would, you know, if I was having a super crappy day and they hit you out of nowhere, I mean, right. just, just randomly out of nowhere, they yeah. hit you. And, and I, you know, it's like, I just, I wish I had somebody that would talk to talk to that could remember this. Mind you, I'm living with my parents. So right. like people that went right through this, through that with me. But I just remember thinking, if this is how I'm feeling, they've got to be feeling like a right. hundred times right. worse. Oh yeah. Right. yeah. And eventually like we kind of figured out that if we just talk about it, it's okay. Because typically my bad days kind of coincide with their bad days. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we really learned like it's a lot easier just to talk about it and just say, you know, man, it's been a tough one. It's been a super shitty day. Right. Yeah. You know, and, um, Trevor was really into like boats and planes and car, anything that had wheels on it. And so I'd see a, you know, I'd see a really neat car or something. And instantly you think I need to call Trevor and tell, Oh, right. 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 I can't call him yeah. and tell him. Um, I had a, I remember I had a, a mini disc player. That was kind of a thing before MP3 players. And I always had a hell of a time getting music loaded on it. Well, Trevor had one. And so I would always call him and he, right. you know, boom, boom, walk me right through it. One night I was struggling and I couldn't get it done, couldn't get it done. And I was, I got like downright pissed and I was like slamming stuff, which is not like my standard MO. And my mom was like, what is going on? Like, why are you so mad? And, you know, I can't get this music loaded. You know, I've done it a hundred times. I just can't figure it out. And she's like, well, what have you done in the past? And I'm like, I called Trevor. Yeah. And it was just like, that was... Yeah. You know, just, and then I just lost it. And I was like, yeah. you know, it's just so frustrating when you can't, you know, like right. you, you can't reconnect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of the, kind of my story. I have found that, you know, through that time and people have met, I've got a friend that has said, man, Shoto and Fairfield in that area has, you know, we just get hit hard with, with young deaths. And, you know, I try not to think that we do, we get harder than other areas, but you know, we've, we've been, uh, we have been hit pretty hard. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, having that kind of that connection with those other people that have lost siblings or mm -hmm. whatever. So I've always tried to talk about it and try to, I mean, it's, I don't want to sound selfish in that it's healing for me, but I think just offering that support in that, well, sure. um, you know, that, yeah. you know, it, it's tough, it's hard. Yeah. And, and there's times when you, you know, people say, just take it hour by hour, day by day. Yeah. But right. really, there's times where you just have to take it second by second, and you just yeah. have to like just survive this second, and you know you'll mm -hmm. you'll get through this. Um, so, like, kind of back to the God moments, and like, I so I went back to school, and that's when I was taking the English class was the very next or the the speech class was the very next semester, and so I was just you know not in a good place to begin with. Right. Um, and I so walk into this speech class that I'm devastated. I'm like, I don't want to take this. I'm, you know, so scared, whatever. Um, oh, back up a skosh. We had gone out to North Dakota to get all of Trevor's stuff. And when we were out there, they had a little memorial service for him because um, we really had never met any of the people out there. And so, th so, so those were his friends in yeah, college? His friends, yep. Friends, friends okay. and, you know, um, his boss at work and oh, all sure. these people. Okay. And so, and there were several kids that he had gone to college with and they all said he was such a bright light in, in school. Like he'd be the guy sitting at the kind of the common area, engaging everyone and talking to them and mm -hmm. kind of getting the conversations rolling. And, you know, it seemed like everybody knew who he was. And so I got to thinking, I was like, if I died, nobody at UGF would even know that I was gone or that like I even existed. Cause right. I was like that, 
person that just wanted to be Wallflower. like, don't see me, please, <laughs> yeah. nobody. And so yeah. I'm like invisible. Yeah. So I have to take yeah. this, this speech class and I'm like, you know, oh gosh, here we go. But I told myself, like, I kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be more Trevor and try to do this. So I if I die, people say nice things about me. And so walk into speech class, Rich Briner introduces himself. He's going around the room and he makes all the students, you know, say your name, write it on the chalkboard. The first kid that gets up to write his name, Trevor. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, Mm. here we go. So I kind of felt this, you know, this connection to the kid and whatever. And he was like, and he was introducing himself and he's like, yeah, my name is Trevor. I have a little brother named Zach. Well, ironically about, five months before my brother died, another young kid in in Shoto had died in a car accident and his name was Zach. And so it was just these weird like Mm -hmm. connections um, throughout the English class. And I told him right away, I'm like, just so you know, um, I had a brother recently died. His name was Trevor. So if I'm a little weird, that's why. You you (laughs) You told this to the Trevor? I told this to the Trevor in the class, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he was a drummer, and my brother was also a drummer. Oh, I mean, it was just weird. Love drummers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're kind of different. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so then eventually, towards the end of the semester, we had to do this coat of coat of arms speech, and where you make your own personal coat of arms, and there were specific things you had to put in each square, and one of them was like the biggest thing you've had to overcome. Well, so I drew a picture of my brother, and I put um, December ninth, two thousand three, on there, and Trevor speech Trevor happened to be in my little group and he's like, what's that date? And I'm like, well, that's the day he died. And he goes, that's my birthday. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, and and by that time he knew my story. And so it was, we both had like identified kind of the, this is weird, but yeah. And so it it was just kind of an ironic, ironic thing, but Jeez. Yeah. So anyway, that kind of uh, was, I would say, the kickoff to my my mental health um, adventure. So, um, yeah. so, so Annie, I I have a question. So, um, before you move on, so so <clears throat> once you identified that you were depressed, mm-hmm. I mean, right? You you kind of yep. came to terms with it. You decided to get help. So, what was that process? I mean, obviously, time. Yeah. Um, like the actual process of getting help. Well, you said or, you did antidepressants. Yep. So right? I got on some some Paxil right away. Um, and I don't remember exactly like what, you know, it's not just like one morning you wake up and you're magically fixed. I mean, right, it was a progressive, right. um, just feeling better about life and just you know finding that joy again and just being happy about things and kind of finding myself again. Um, I will say I think there's like a huge sense of relief. Like, of- okay. That was valid. Like those feelings were valid. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. genuinely it, I think, yeah, it just, it just puts like some, okay. and, and you're some saying, validity is, that, to your, is that because you're, you're able to voice them and you're not just kind of having this internal dialogue, do you think consistently? Yeah. And, and when you do that and kind of putting them out to somebody else that can also kind of go through them with you gives you the opportunity to do that. Yeah. You know, and just actually saying like, okay, I, I, I can be okay now. Like, I mean, just think right. if you, you know, if you had cancer or something and somebody was like, oh, hey, we can help you. Like we can make you better. Right. Yeah. We can make you back to how you were. You know, that's, that's kind of a relief. Like you feel, okay, cool. Like this is good. Right. 
you know, yeah. and the gal, the counselor that I went to in Great Falls, she was super awesome because she was talking about, you know, like, and I, I believe it was three out of five adults are on some sort of mood stabling medication, mm-hmm. which. Mm-hmm. You mean ongoing? Yeah. Like that was, that blew my mind. Three out of three five. Three out of five. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, it, it's something that is so not talked about. I think it's becoming more talked about, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that was like a shocking Right. statistic to me like okay yeah. i'm not like super weird or i'm not right. broken or anything and right. and i mean when you think about it, it is it is basically either a, you know a serotonin or norepinephrine imbalance in your brain right. and which i really began to understand because you know i was after i went to school in great falls i had then i went moved to dylan went to school and there was times like my medication would run out and so and i was still getting it filled in my hometown and then my mom would send it to me and you know if i didn't get it within a couple days I remember like, I called them like brain shakes. It literally felt like my brain was shaking in my head or like I had things like, like. Now, was this just anxiety? No, this was actually like basically like a detox from the medication. You know, like if I hadn't taken it. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially like a withdrawal. And, you know, I, I just envisioned it like, like the serotonin, um, you know, like pulsing it at rates that were not what they should be essentially. And so your brain just feels like it's, you know, like shaking in your head. Um, and so that was, you know, that really solidified it for me. Like, okay, yeah, there's definitely a a quote unquote chemical imbalance within, you know, like a, a serotonin imbalance in my brain that makes it a little bit more concrete than just, you know, it's just all in your head. It's you're crazy. It literally is in your head. (laughs) Do Do you remember, um, how long so um from the accident that it it took you to kind of make the step to seek help and do you remember if there was like any kind of catalyst or or anything specific that you you finally went like i know you said it was that that night at 3 a.m what what was the point that you finally went okay it's time to make the the next step yeah so actually i think that night i like the night at 3 a.m the the day before um, a friend, a friend of mine and I kind of got like in, in basically in a fight and we were like screaming and yelling and that's where she was like, you need to get help, you know, or she said, basically it was like, what, you know, what can I do to make you better? Like, what can we do? And that's when I said, I need my brother. Like, that's right. what's going to fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you do, you have to find like a new normal. So for 21 years, normal was right. having a brother and all of a sudden, you know, it's ripped away. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, and, and we just kind of got in a big fight and, um, and then she's like, okay, well you have an appointment tomorrow to go see the PA at the hospital to get help. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And so then I, um, that night, obviously that was not a great day. Um, that night I had gone home and, um, that's when I emailed the mm-hmm. counselor or mm-hmm. the therapist in Great Falls and then went and saw the doctor the next day. And he was like, yeah, you definitely have every need, reason need in the help. book to yeah. get some help. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I think, you know, looking back, I think I was definitely, um, you know, like I mentioned, that's like a super hard time of life, I think, for young people just sure. in general. Right. Yeah, um, right. right. Yeah. And then, you know, I like to describe it as, you know, from if you look at a, a, a child that's eight and then you look at a, you know, an 18 year old, it's just 10 years of growth, right? In, in difference there. And I think that is the same exact growth in a person between 18 and 28. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not physically so much, but definitely mm-hmm. um, 
emotionally and mentally and well and maturity. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And you know, you're yeah. you're thrown in in life and expected to know exactly what you want to do, and right. it's just a tough time. Um, so anyway, I think that, and you know, I've got I've got some family history of depression, and I don't know if they've determined that it's hereditary, but I think there's definitely some potential there. And sure. mm-hmm. I remember one day, um, my dad had said. He had, he had told me when I was younger, he said, you know what, I have to take antidepressants and there's a good chance you're going to have to at some point in your life as well. And so again, just having that, like that. Kind of cloud over your head a little bit. Well, not a yeah. cloud, but more just like somebody say, hey, I mean, this is a potential, like it could happen right. to you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. it, it, it's Then it's a little bit more like, okay, so I've been warned that this could happen. Right. So, you know, it makes it a little more okay, I guess, to kind of reach out and say, you know, I'm predisposed to this. So. Right. Right. Annie, do you think, do you think in general, um, that society is getting better or worse at acknowledging and accepting mental issues? Well, um, that I feel like is kind of a, a tricky question. So I now, after I quit my black sheep sports and graphics job where I worked with Blair. I -hmm. now do public relations at the hospital here in town. And part of my job is to every three years help build our community health needs assessment. Mm -hmm. So I came into the job right after we did ours in 2017. And then, so 2020, we just redid another one. And both times mental health was brought up as one of the top needs within the community. Mm -hmm. So I think... I don't know if I feel like it's becoming more okay just because I'm more in it now and more aware of it and more like I'm aware of what services are being. Mm -hmm. I will Mm -hmm. tell you, you know, like in 2017, we had like one or two counselors in town. Now I think we have five, five counselors and we also have a pediatric, um, or uh, sorry, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Mm which I think is huge. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I think, and now, you know, like in 2017, our the focus was really like getting more services into, into Teton County. Mm-hmm. And now in 2020, we really w- were focused on how do we get people connected to those mm-hmm. services? Right. Because yeah. I think that is a huge, you know, that is a huge issue. And, I, and there's, there is such a vast difference between, you know, those people who are, you know, like schizophrenic and, you know, those pretty severe mm-hmm. um, mental health issues. But then there's people that are, you know, like that depression or just that anxiety right. where, right. Mm-hmm. you know, you're, you anxiety that's, you know, you don't want to make people mad. You don't want to disappoint people. You want to be, right. you know, perfect at everything you do. Um, so that, you know, there's, there's a, a pretty vast range right. of things. Right. So anyway, I think just really continuing to open up and, and people tell their stories. I know athletes are telling their stories a lot more. And, um, so I think that's, that's been card kind of part of my quote unquote head fake approach to talking about my brother's death mm-hmm. is then opening that door to say, Hey, you know, shoot, this was in 2003. So, tw- you know, 17 years ago and yeah. I'm still taking a, you know, taking a pill. Um, you know, I started out with Paxil, which is definitely for more of a depression. And then, um, just recently I switched to more of a anxiety depression. I, I think mm-hmm. after I had my kids, Mm-hmm. my, my, I wasn't depressed so much as it was more of an anxiety thing. Mm-hmm, right. And so the other thing too, is that, you know, if you're, if you have a sore throat, you go to the doctor and you say, Hey, I got a sore throat. Mm-hmm. 
Now with depression and anxiety, it's a little bit tough because you're trying to tell someone how you feel right. and you know, you're trying to describe these, these feelings that maybe sometimes you don't even understand. Right. Yep. And you don't know that, you know, a lot of times it's, it's progressed to this. So you don't necessarily see the things that led to the, ca- at, or the causation, that, right. Yeah. Or the feelings that you're feeling, you don't know that, Hey, that's not normal. Right. Right. Um, so just the more you talk about it and, and are able to share your story with other people, I think is really beneficial, which that's why, you know, kind of, I reached out to Blair cause I feel like, um, men specifically are, in fact, my ad in the local paper this week is about men's mental health. So, mm. um, men are, are really prone to, to these sorts of issues. And I think, you know, it's a lot of it has to do with society and, you know, having that tough man mentality and mm. you don't talk about feelings and, um, and in Montana, you know, the, the men are, are super prone to, I forget what the statistics were. I just put them in the ad, but you know, like, I think it was like 87% of, of suicides are men. Mm-hmm. And when it was astronomical. In Montana um, or in general? I think that was in general in the U S. Really? Yeah. And then only like, like 37% of the, of the people receiving mental health care are women or are men. So I mean, that's like a huge, a huge difference. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's just, and I think that's, you know, I think the big, the big thing is how do you convince someone that it's okay to talk to, like, it's okay to get help. You know, you're not alone. So, um, yeah. So, so Annie, I have a question. Um, you know, when, when somebody goes through something, you know, traumatic, stressful, mm-hmm. um, and you're trying to regroup and you're trying to get your life as, as much back to normal as possible, a new normal, I guess. Yep. Um, w- you know, how much of that is just kind of this mental fortitude that you have that talk with yourself and say, okay, I don't like how my life is now. I want my life to be better. It may not ever be the same as it was, but so, you know, what, what did you, you know, what kind of conversation did you have with yourself to when you realized you didn't like where you were at and you know, you wanted something better? So that's a loaded question. And I, I do better explaining things with stories. So I'm going <laughs> to tell you another story. <laughs> so I have two children, um, couldn't be on anything while I was pregnant well, you know, breastfeeding, oh, those kind of things. Oh, you had to quit all that medication. Okay. Right. Yeah. Had my first child and I was like in complete euphoria. It was just, I mean, I loved being, you know, a new mom and everything was wonderful and very, I just had like a very sense of like bliss and peaceful and, and it was great. I loved it. I did not go back on any medication until, so I then got pregnant again, had our second child. And after I had him, I was not in a good place. Like I remember, I remember I was in our bedroom and like, I couldn't even focus on, you know, he was in the living room crying and my husband was out there with him. And like, it was like, how do I, I I couldn't even get myself together to like go parent him. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just couldn't put all the, the thought, and like the pieces together that I needed to go take care of my child. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask like, what's the thought process to think you need to get help? Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times like to expect a person to have the thought process to get help is a little bit something out of their, their grasp Mm -hmm. to, I mean, your brain is just so out of whack that 
to process, Hey, I think I need to go get help. Like, you know, a bone is sticking out of my arm. I need to go to the doctor. It's almost, I don't know if it's a shock, but you know, just that, you know, and I remember like, I was like, I could just pack my bags and leave and go to, you know, wherever. And I had like plans and like I had, I could like, like formulate this plan to like go. Right. But I could Mm -hmm. not make the steps out to my living room to care for my newborn child. Mm-hmm. Like, so do you think, Annie, do you think that was a, what we'd kind of consider a, a quote unquote normal postpartum depression? I mean, do you think yeah. it was not related or do you think it no, was related I to your previous? No, I think it's all related. Definitely. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. You know, I think definitely some postpartum depression there, but I think, you know, had I been more, I think it was, you know, I wasn't, I was prepared for it with my first one. Like I was prepared my doctor mm-hmm. and I had a good conversation about it, about postpartum depression, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I was very open with her about my, um, depression experience, but like, I think, I don't know, maybe I just was not as prepared the second time because I thought it was really? going to be more like the first time. Okay. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then also I, you know, like I mentioned, I, so I was on a, a Paxil first, that was my first pill. Um, and then now I'm on a, uh, uh, Selexa. So that's more of a SNRI, they call that. So that's a serotonin norepinephrine uh, reuptake inhibitor. So that's okay. for more depression and anxiety. And so I mm. think in my becoming a mom, my depression shifted a bit more to mm. a depression anxiety thing. Okay. And so, um, yeah, but anyway, back to your question is I think that a person's thought processes are just not, they're not what you would typically think Mm -hmm. you know like i said if you have a compound fracture in your arm you can usually think okay i need to get some medical attention right now when your your brain is the one that's broken it's a little bit harder to think hey i need some medical attention plus it's progressed you know so slowly to this that it's hard to hard to take the steps to know you know exactly when it started and when are your what are your feelings and so right. very gradual mm-hmm. yeah now did your yeah. um so, so we, we of course just recently had you know two boys and i you know just because of jenna and her line of work you know i'm very aware of all of this all of this and but i don't remember as just being you know the the father that was there for all of this anybody ever pulling me aside and saying hey you know these are maybe some signs and maybe some symptoms that you should look out for you know for specifically for like postpartum and things like that so for Mm me as when i hear what you're saying is what i i really hear is like this is the 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 need for the the community or you know the husband or the father or you know your parents or whoever that that says hey there's something not right here and as somebody that's in your life i'm aware of you know and and how you typically are and at this point we need to, to get some help right um i just find it so fascinating does your husband have any um did he recognize that was he kind of a a help and a catalyst after your your second um child to kind of help propel you back in to get help or so i would say no not really um and for a couple reasons i think he he too was just trying to be supportive and not be like dude you got you got some issues and, and just being he, overwhelmed with being a dad too. I mean, right, I remember yeah, being you know, there too, you know, you're jumping yeah. two kids and yeah. So I, I understand. But Annie, well. did, did, 
Did he actually see it though? Do you think it, because what you described, he's not even with you when you're going through this. Right. I mean, do you think he knew that there was issues? Probably. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I, and God love my husband, but he's, you know, he's a little bit in that other park where we don't need a pill, you know, like just power. And I'm like, dude, I take all the pills. Right. I will take all the pills, you know, like I'm happy. If I with, need it. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, right. I would much mm-hmm. prefer to be happy. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I think that that's just a, you know, just a, um, cultural thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, just a, yeah. just a, yeah. And so anyway, I think he's becoming more, more okay with it and in tune. Yeah. And I think he, you know, as the longer we're married, you know, he kind of figures some things out and, um, you know, figures out when, Mama's gonna go crazy and you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> give Mama some time here. I need to figure that out. I'm come on, kids, we're gonna day. go for a walk. Yeah, come on, let's go. Daddy's gonna let's take go you outside you. for a week. <laughs> give, give, give mommy, give mommy some time. Yeah. We're gonna go get Mama's pills and then yeah. we're gonna go outside. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's yeah. just funny to me because even I, I shouldn't even say funny, but it's those conversations that you feel like. You're, you're in the hospital so much, you're around so many health professionals and they're taking blood pressure and they're doing all of these physical tests. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember at any point anyone saying like, okay, so how are you guys feeling mentally? Like, are you, right. are you prepared for this? Or here's some things to look for both on the father side and the, and, and the mother side. And that's where I think so much can be can be started. Well, you know, and I think some sure, places, sure. I think some places do, Cardin. And, and you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably I, right. I think and, and, and I, they I really could do. have. And maybe I was just not as in tune as I am now, you yeah. know, maybe, you know, but yeah. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't remember it. I think too, like it's, it, as I recall going through like the prenatal classes, it's a lot of um, in passing or it's like a piece of paper amongst the right. hundred other papers yeah, you're true. getting. Right, right. And so, right. but I, you know, I think that's a very valid thing. Like just even pulling the dads aside and having like a real specific conversation. Like this is what you need to think about. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and kind of along those lines, part of this community health needs assessment that I was talking about, we, you know, as a hospital, we've talked about how can we, how can we screen more people for, you know, depressive tendencies? Like, you know, there, there is a screening, there's a couple, there's, there's multiple different screenings, but you know, specifically like the PHQ nine, I think is when people are pretty, familiar with, but you know, how can we get that Mm. basically in the hands of more people and, and just get more people to fill those out? Because I think when you do look at that and, and you realize, oh yeah, like maybe, maybe there are some things. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that, um, awareness, like so much of what we're talking about, you know, and, and, and it, you know, it's no, it's no secret. Awareness is a huge part of all this, you know, um, which is why you reached out, you know, the, the fact, and Carton has been an absolute champ about talking about, you know, his anxiety and stuff, you know, and in Carton, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but that, I mean, you, you've been, um, I guess you've successfully come to terms with it, correct? Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, I have, I, it, it just, it, it, it's just one of those things and it, it, it kind of is what it is. And you learn over the course uh, like I, your analogy of the eight-year-old to the, you know, to the 18-year-old and the 18 to the 28, you know, so much of that time of my life was spent going like, oh yeah, so this is, this is what this is. Or, you know, like, oh, okay. So in this situation, that's why that, like I was seeing all the effects, but I was finally being able to put and piece together some of the, the cause of the root of 
anxiety in social situations and different things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, you just, you, it's so it's strange to even think of, you learn to live with it, but you learn so much better how to identify it and, um, right. kind yeah. of, I wouldn't say coping mechanisms, but ways it's to say like, Hey, this is, this is a, a, a physical manifestation of the anxiety that you're feeling and how right. do you attack that in, in different, right. in different ways and stuff. But yeah. So, well, and I think too, like, especially with anxiety where, you know, I think the classic anxiety is that like, you're so scared of, of something bad to happen or, right, right. you know, and, um, in, so that's an example, but another example would be, I know about myself that I don't, I'm not good at saying no. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's that I don't want to let people down and yes. I don't want to disappoint people, which is a yes. total, you know, you're, that's a classic anxiety thing. Right. Yeah. And so now like, I'm aware that I've got this anxiety and I'm aware that I have trouble saying no. And I'm Mm -hmm. aware that I want to make people happy, even if that means I'm staying up, you know, 48 hours in a row to try to get a project done for somebody. Yeah, for sure. That I need to just think about my mental health and just take Mm -hmm. a step back and say, you know, it's okay. You know, tell myself, it's okay to say no. (laughs) It's okay to, you know, like I, somebody asked me to work a little bit more at the hospital one day. And I, I said no. And I was like, that felt good. Oh, that yeah, felt go really me. good. But, but, the re- yeah. Yeah, but the reason I had to say no is because I had, I was having LASIK surgery the day before. So I was you like, had, you had a legit, oh, you had yeah, a good I was out. like, yeah. I don't know that I can work. Cause, and then, you know, like in my mind, I'm going, well, you know, maybe I could, like, I could. There are only bandages over right. my eyes. Like, I, mean, I, I could probably come that. in, but. I know, I'm just you know, I could fill in at the daycare <laughs> blind. <laughs> what, exactly. if they, what if they burn my eyeballs yeah. out with the lasers? Like, yeah, yeah I should probably, you know, I probably would be best for everyone if I just yeah. said no. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So anyway, but it, it does just having that awareness that, okay, you can put a, you can put a title on it. Like, it's my yeah. anxiety. Yep. And I think too, like being able to tell people, you know, listen. I got some anxiety going on, so I'm going to yeah. have to just say no. Right. I know, yeah, you know, exactly. so just like yeah. basically that, that self-talk and that self-awareness, awareness that, you know, yeah, I've got some things. So yeah, yeah for sure. And um, you know what, you know what happens <laughs> you find out every, everybody's got some things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's oh, just, absolutely. when you just start absolutely. putting them sure. out there, like even in this medium, but just in general, and you know, guess what? Everybody's got some things and you, all, all you're right. really doing is open yourself as a person and, and kind of letting people through the barrier a little bit and that and that in and of itself makes it so much easier to to deal with um on a day-to-day basis as well well yeah relationships with people i I see it as kind of just being authentic and genuine you know and 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 that's something that is going on in our society right now is this kind of you know um authenticity you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, you see the, the women and, and, and I will say right now it's predominantly women because they're shedding this social norm of having to look a certain way. And, you know, the, the people going without makeup and, you know, just saying, Hey, this is who I really am. And I think it's awesome. I mean, I really do. I, I, I think it's sad. It's taken so long to happen, but I, I think it's, you know, it's gotta be very empowering to have right. the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you can, you know, and, and I've always thought about this in my you know, my path, if you will, if I can just even help one person right. for a small moment and mm-hmm. just say, you know what? Yeah, this sucks. Like mm-hmm. I hear you, I feel you. It sucks. But I'm here to tell you like 17 years later, like you're going to make it, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 
it might be a second at a time, but you're going to be okay. And also, if you need a little pill to make yourself okay, that's also okay. Right, yeah. You know, we're not, we're not... Well, yeah. that's you. <clears throat> you listened to the podcast with my brother, yeah, and and that was it was truly transformational for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you and and you know, as Cardin and I kind of laughed after the podcast was over, he told us more stories. We, we could have ten podcasts on that guy's life, and, and I think you should. We, we <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, 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 and, and we will. But but so much of his life was shaped by a being undiagnosed and b untreated. Yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. you know, and I. I feel like there's such an injustice too in like the school system because I, you know, I look at Lance and I, I've met Lance. I know mm-hmm. Lance, you know, it, from outside of the podcast right. and, and I would bet as a kid, he was the bad kid in school. Like he was the trouble. He was, he was the naughty kid. Mm. Yeah. He was, he was the hyper kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was and the, so go. like yeah. go, 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 go. kindergarten, he got pegged as that kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there was that cloud above him all through school anyway, mm-hmm. you know, e- even though he was freakishly smart. And so, you know, it, it stinks because these kids are oftentimes so pegged at an early age and then, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, society's you just like, okay, yeah, they're exactly the bad right. kid. They're the, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. So, so, so Annie, one thing we're, we're kind of getting on the tail end of it, but I, I did want to, I wanted to mention something and just kind of get your impression on it. So, um, and Card and I talked about this a little bit, you know, beforehand is, you know, you went through loss, yep. you know, and, you know, it, it, it was interesting cause I've, I've dealt with it myself. And, you know, when you're going through loss, you, you, you kind of have to, um, come to terms with it. You, you know, you, you, like my, my reaction is to educate myself. Right. And there's, there's all different types of loss and you don't have to lose a sibling or right. a, a, you know, a, a child or a, you know, loss can be, you know, a divorce. It can be loss of a job. It can be loss of a pet. It can be, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's no definition on how loss is supposed to be handled. Right. Well, I by, look at this, you know, we recently had a devastating fire in town of an apartment building and all of those folks who are now you know, displaced oh, yes. with no oh, closure. I mean, yeah, again, yeah. like that's a whole nother. Yeah. That, that yeah. hotel was essentially a low income housing. Right. And those people had nothing. And, and I, I remember somebody telling me they knew one of the tenants who was an older man mm-hmm. and everything he owned was in that little room. Right. Yeah. And he lost it all. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, you cannot, you cannot put a, put a yes or no, that's a valid loss on anyone's loss. Right. You yeah, know, like exactly. you cannot say, eh, no, that's not, that's not right. good enough. I yeah. mean, cause it's, it would be like trying to. Well, and I, I guess my point in bringing it up is I think people will, will suffer some sort of loss and maybe it doesn't seem valid because it's not really significant you know, to other people or they, they, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is they would deem it insignificant in other people's eyes, like losing a pet or, you know, losing a a job or something. And, and that's not how it really works. That's not how we're built. You know, loss is loss. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I kind of wanted your perspective on, you know, you know, dealing with something very profound, losing a brother and, and, you know, your, your parents lost a child, um, your take on that. Just, I mean, just about loss and, and it doesn't, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different types of loss. Oh, for and how sure. You yeah, yeah, yeah. That. No, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, you can't, 
you can't define anyone's loss. You know, you can't, you can't say that doesn't count or this doesn't count or, you know, and I've talked to people who, um, you know, a coworker of mine lost a son and, you know, I started the conversation with, I cannot fathom losing a child, Mm -hmm. but I will just tell you, you know, here's, here is what I found helpful. Right. And, you know, I know again, like I know it sucks now, but four months down the road, five months down the road, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel yeah. like I didn't answer your question. No, it's a, it was kind of an open-ended question. I guess, you know, there's, <clears throat> I, what I'm really trying to articulate is that there's a lot of different types of loss. And mm-hmm. I think some people feel it's not valid to feel devastated because it wasn't a seemingly right. devastating no, loss. Definitely. You know what if I'm you, saying? Yes. If you, I mean, if you are feeling, you know, yeah, you have the feelings of, you know, this, this complete devastation. Well, grief. Of, yeah. Grief, yeah, exactly. complete like yeah. helplessness. Um, you know, a, a situation you absolutely cannot, you know, you, you can't change, you can't take right. back, you can't make better. Yeah. That's definitely valid. Um, I think one thing that another loss that is really not talked about is miscarriage. Um, oh, sure. you know, right. I, I had a miscarriage between the two kids and it's amazing. Like I was only eight weeks along, so nobody knew I was pregnant. And, so it was a very, it's like a very personal struggle. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not a public struggle, mm-hmm. but then, you know, when I told my boss at the time, I was like, you know, I'm going to need a few days off, you know, this is what's happening. And she just lost it. And she was like, I know what you're going through, you know, like mm-hmm. I've dealt with this myself. And so I think that that's one that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't seem like, okay, I only, you know, knew of this little human for, Right, you know, I was right, only eight yes. weeks along, so really, yeah. I only knew of the the baby for probably a month. Right. Um. So I'm like, okay, what? Well, how is that? You know, why am I feeling so devastated by this loss of something mm-hmm. I've only yeah. known about for yes. a month? It's not even a person I've known. You know, but yeah, again, like that's that's a that's valid exactly loss. Ta- yeah, yes, that's yeah. perfect. So yeah. I think it's normal yeah. human reaction. I think to regardless of the loss to sometimes to invalidate. And I think that we have a, a tendency to try to invalidate our feelings sometimes and say, and, right. and instantly jump to the, well, other, you know, other people have experienced this. So how can I yep. even feel like this about, you know, whatever it right. is. Um, I, yep. just, I just think that's human tendency and, and kind of and everything. I think that's kind of built into a part of who we are, which is, it's really tough to, break through that internal dialogue and be like, no, this is, this yeah. is valid. It's valid for me to right. feel this way. And it's, this is a, a valid reason, you know? And, and I think that's just emotions in general too. It's, it's sometimes difficult, especially for men and especially for men in our society, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think in, you know, I've, I've heard this analogy a couple different times. Like if you wouldn't say that to your best friend, don't say it to yourself. And so I think a lot of it is just having a little grace Mm-hmm. You know, giving yourself yep. a little yep. grace and giving uh-huh. yourself a little, a little love. And, um, you know, you would never tell your friend, oh, you lost your brother, like get your shit together. Like yeah, you would right. never say that. Right. And yeah. so don't say that to yourself. Like, or, oh, your house just burned down. Like, okay, get over it. Go, you know, mm-hmm. buy new underwear. Right. Like you would never say that to somebody. So don't, right. don't say it to right. yourself and, and just give right. yourself a little freedom, a little grace, a yeah, little that's, love. That's great advice. Um, really and, advice. and it's okay to get help. I mean, there's doctors out there, there's therapists out there. I mean, there's, there are people out there that, that want to help you and will help you. And 
even if you have to talk to a friend and say, yeah. please make the appointment for me, go with me, drive me there, just help me. Yeah. Somebody will help yep. you. Yeah. Yeah. My sister, Jilla, has a mantra and it's be kind to yourself. And I think that is so important. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, Annie, thank you. You're for welcome. Thank coming you on for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, yes. Just, thank, right, you. thank you. Now, Carden. Yes. Has a oh, has gosh. a wonderful one. Well, she see she's you already a regular. Know. Yeah, you already I know. already know. Great. So I don't even have okay. to, to break it or anything because you her, know Carden. what time it is. Hit her with it, Carden. Um, could you go ahead and you know inform our listeners of of what oh, time it is? So Annie? it's time for the monkey moment. No, that's not how we do that. That, that sounded here. nothing oh. like a monkey. <laughs> so actually, <laughs> I I, I told my kids to make monkey noises and then I could just play it. Okay. on the air is that valid can i yes, do that? yes okay. here's the deal yeah. i can't actually do it because my vocal cords were crushed in a street fight <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's so I'm, solid. that'll be a I'm, podcast in and of itself that's so funny that's right. that's it was like part. hey lance oh. what have your vocal cords <laughs> yeah. again was, uh, in a in a side a side oh. comment uh. oh and by the way Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm gonna play this. Hopefully, it's loud enough. Yeah. <laughs> that was solid. That was awesome. Oh, oh, oh. Here comes the boy. All oh. right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. That was, that was kind of moving uh, yeah, towards dog a little bit towards the end, but it was still. That's a four-year-old for you. You don't a, critique. A no, I'm not critiquing. I'm just saying it was a great dog is what I mean at the <laughs> end, but it was still. That's, it was that's a four-year-old boy with a strong leader for a sister. Nice. I'll yeah, sit nice. back and wait my turn. Thank you, yeah, kids. Exactly. There you go. Okay. okay so um, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, curveball you because you, you've listened so I, and I know that you were probably prepared for the alien question uh right i'm not, I'm not even gonna do it i'm gonna do something <gasps> completely different what oh. yeah i know so i know you're an avid listener so i'm gonna put you on the spot favorite podcast up to this point <sighs> and with the follow-on uh uh what would you like to listen to in the future what would be the your next um pondering Ooh, monkeys nice. ideal podcast hmm. you conniver i know man i don't i don't know that i could they all have had pretty like awesome, awesome times in, in them where I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's cool. The dream guy was cool. Oh yeah. Um, He's coming back. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to say the dream guy was cool because he mentioned that people that have a lot of vivid dreams Mm -hmm. are, you know, like they'll wake up tired and I've started kind of tracking that. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've thought like, um, Chase, was super interesting. That was oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy like, you know, I, I was here when he, in, in our town, of course, when he got attacked by the bear. And so, you know, like you always hear the, the third, fourth hand stories, right. but yeah, I yeah. never yeah, heard yeah. it from him. Yeah. So that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Lance, solid, solid podcaster. I'm not hearing a favorite. I'm hearing you talk about a <laughs> I lot. Know, I just, I'm I just, yeah. I feel like she's redoing episode <laughs> it's 21. Like, hey, yeah, where we talked like, about yeah. the first <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, I I, okay. I have enjoyed listening to to other people's stories. Not that you you guys are not thoroughly entertaining, but oh, I will good. have to say, like, no, it's it's been fun listening to other people, and and I think part of the fun for me is that I know a lot of the people. Oh yeah. So yeah. to hear sure. kind of their stories, mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know that I could pick a favorite. I think that's okay. All I right. I don't think that's a fair question. Okay. Who's your favorite host? <laughs> that yeah. little monkey. That little monkey sitting on your desk. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's yeah, fair. He's good. Yeah, that's that's fair. fair. Yeah. All right. So, what's uh, so, the podcast you want to hear in the future? What 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 do you think would be just the, your, your topic? You'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm about this. Would be awesome. Mm, I don't know. Really? I can't. I can't really think of urban legends. Loch Ness monster. Paranormal. No, I think paranormal Ooh. would be kind of cool. Ooh. Yeah. Do you have I any think, paranormal experiences? Um, I oh, kind of. Ooh. Kind of. Do tell. Okay, so I was so I work at a hospital. I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. that. And there was what was the I there was like two, but I can only remember one. Um there's this bathroom that a lot of us that work in kind of the business administrative end use. And I went to the door, the door shut. If somebody's not in there, it's always the doors open. The door was shut and the water was running. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, they're washing their hands, finishing up left, came back like an hour later, door still shut, water still running. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, this is a little fishy. Maybe it's just ironic. So I leave and I come back another hour or two later, door shut, water's running. Like, this is not right. Do you think somebody just left the water on? Well, I don't know. So so I went and got (laughs) somebody else and I'm like, listen, (laughs) no, listen. So I go get somebody else and I'm like, listen, the door's been shut. The water's been running like all day and the light was off. That was the other thing. The light was off. So you opened the door? No, I made somebody else do it. Oh, Uh. And was so, there a ghost in there washing? I don't know. Hands? I like, hey, I don't on, know. Man. I don't know if there was a ghost or not. But <laughs> but the door was oh the door was yeah yeah. So I made this other person open the door, um and yeah it was the door had been shut like all day and the water was Ooh, running yeah. full bore super hot yeah. and the light was off. Yeah, there was one other thing that happened, okay. but I don't stop know what it was. stop hold on back up. Cardin, are you getting paranormal out of that or you're getting forgetful? No, I'm, I'm getting somebody's wasting a lot of water is what I'm getting. <laughs> and that you had an opportunity to turn it off to begin but listen, with. listen, like and, if you're Well, if, you're if there's walking, a ghost in here, I'm like, I'm not Oh, that's the ghost of dirty old uh, Shep. Dirty old, yeah. <laughs> dirty old Shep. Always left the water dirty hands. Hands. Okay. Never yeah. use soap, though. Never use oh, soap. That was the other thing. Okay, now I remember the other one. Same bathroom. It was like it was like a week earlier. And I it was oh, in there, okay. went to the bathroom, I was washing my hands, and the lights went off. Ooh. And I was like, what the and my first thought was we have a provider who likes to play jokes on people. And yeah, my yeah. first thing was, damn it, Doug. And so because I was like, for some reason I just thought maybe the, there was a light switch on the outside and he was like screw well, it I with think, me. Adam, I think those lights are on a timer. They're not no automatic. no this bathroom is a switch. This oh, bathroom is a switch. Oh. And so I like reach over and yeah the switch was down and it's I old dirty chef. That's right. Oh, yeah. Dirty chef. Get out of here where I'm washing my hands. Creepy. Anyway, okay. so that's uh, like and I don't know if that's even like you said paranormal but that it freaked me yeah, out. I bet well, it you know what? Out. Who, who's the who's the no. Do we have time for another story? Well, sure. Okay. Annie, okay, ahead. okay. So I was babysitting some kids and we had played hide and go seek with like the throw pillows on their parents' bed yeah. mm-hmm. earlier in the night, whatever. So I put the kids to bed and I'm sitting on the couch and all of a sudden the radio comes on in the parents' bedroom and I'm like, 
what the hell? So I go into the parents' bedroom. Sure shit, the clock radio's on. Mm-hmm. And there's clothes on the bed, which I yeah. knew there was not clothes on the bed earlier because we'd been in there Ooh. playing with throw pillows. So I would have noticed if there was like, yes, a, like right. a full men's outfit on the bed, right? Mm-hmm. So What kind of outfit? Like, like jeans, jeans and a shirt. Like a button up shirt. I'm like, this Mm. is creepy. So I look outside and luckily like there was some high school kids or a family that lived next door that had some high school kids. So I was like, I told the, there was a, one of the boys was outside. I'm like, can you please come in here and look around this bedroom and make sure there's not like somebody in here. Oh yeah. I'm freaked out. Yeah. And so he came over, looked around, looked in the closet. Nope. Nobody is around. Da, 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 da. Turn the clock radio off. So the parents come home and I'm like, you're never going to believe what happened. So I tell them, well, the clock radio had gone off at like nine or something. Well, they had set their alarm for nine, but they'd set it like accidentally put it on PM, PM instead of AM. And, oh, okay. and then the clothes, the dad had been like working in the yard earlier in the day and had thrown the clothes on a blanket on the floor. And one of the kids had gone in the bedroom and gotten a blanket. Like we were wa- we were watching a movie, and they ran in there and got the blanket, but just threw the clothes up on the bed. Okay. So yeah, it was like one of those. I was sure there was a ghost, but it, no, it was totally not a ghost. <laughs> that's usually how they turn out, isn't it? <laughs> this is eighth grade yeah, Annie. Like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> See, it's a perception. It's a yeah. Now I'm all freaked out. No, I'm, I'm never going to be able to go to bed now, Annie. Why'd you, why'd you ruin it? Jeez. I can't sleep God, with I that. Hope, I hope nobody's washing their hands in my house. <laughs> oh, oh, dirty no. ship. Oh, is, that, is that you, dirty ship? <laughs> Followed me from uh, the hospital, did you? <laughs> oh, I got to say, thank you, Annie, for coming on. Thank this you. has yeah, been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Annie for sure. Always a bundle of joy. Yes, and excellent. Thank you. Um, yes, and so hey, so next week we gave a little teaser, but next week we have Doctor uh, Anthony Zadra coming back. Carden gonna yep. be awesome. Yep. We're gonna talk about. Should we give a little teaser? Yeah, go ahead. Nightmares. Nightmares. Mm. Yeah, nightmares. it's gonna be great. He's 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 just so full. Of knowledge, I just love. He, listening he is to a dream doc. warrior. Yeah, he really is. He's, he's yeah. a he's a dream I warrior. Have a, I have a question for the dream doc. Is that do you feel like creative people dream like more vividly than non creative people? He he talked about some of that. Yeah, he he I don't know if he labeled creative. I I think actually he did. I'll, I'll we we will ask him. Okay. Yeah we'll, yeah we'll make sure that we'll, yeah we'll make sure to ask him. That's so, a great question. Um. Okay. Carden. Yep. Episode, Episode 22, three, three, 23. 23. Nice in try, buddy. In the books. That was so close. In the, in the cool. books. In the books. Yeah. So uh, until next time, Carden. Adios. Adios, amigos. Buenos. Buenos dias. <laughs> yes, I almost said. Aloha. Noches. What's Buenos noches? What's that? I don't know. That's good night. Ah, see, I was right. Hey, Buenos, Buenos noches. noches. Adios yeah. and aloha. And aloha, which is a horrible Okay. Until next time, Carden. Good Until night. next time, Blair. Good night to you as well, my friend. <laughs>